Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to interview episode number 68, and I am thrilled to have Jeff Jansen, the head girls basketball coach at Indianola, Iowa. Uh, been there three years, really interested to get his perspective on the game here tonight. Uh, but before we get going with Coach Jansen, uh, we, of course, want to recognize our sponsor for the pod, Cossack Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see Cossack Chiropractic. Uh, you can check out their practice at CossackChiro.com. That's K-O-S-A-K-C-H-I-R-O.com. Or you can give them a call at 402-964-0300. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter site, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, obviously, if you're listening, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, so like, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can move up the rankings, gain momentum, and help coaches hone their craft. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. So, Every once in a while, you know, a, a lot of the, you know, it's gotten to the point where now I'm about half and half, where uh, half of the folks I talk to, I've got a previous relationship, and half of them are cold calls. And so I thought it was it was interesting when, when you cold call somebody, and usually the response is really good, and, and from Coach Jansen, the, the response was great. It was very unique, because I, I love his humility, because the first thing he said is, why me? And so, Coach, I, I, you had a great year. You've picked up uh, and, and kept a really good program moving in a really, really positive direction. And I love that humility about you. So thanks so much for coming on the pod. I, I greatly appreciate those uh, kind words for sure. And, you know, uh, when you emailed uh, on Thursday, I believe it was, and, and I got that notification, that, that's exactly what was running through my head. Uh, you know, why me for sure? But uh, this is an, an awesome opportunity for me, and, and uh, I, I greatly appreciate uh, this opportunity and, and to talk some hoops here and uh, just have a great experience for sure. Yeah, well, hey, let's have some fun here. You know, I, I always got to respect a South Central Iowa guy. Uh, my my uh, my family's roots are, are South Central uh, Iowa. My, my dad was an Albia graduate, okay. and my mom graduated from Centerville High School. Um mm-hmm. And uh, so I spent, I still got a lot of family uh, down in that area on, on both sides of the family. So, uh, you know, you got, you got to love anywhere south of Des Moines, but you're not in Missouri yet. So 100, 100% true about that, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, year three for my wife and I here in, in Indianola and, and uh, couldn't be happier for sure to, uh, to live in this community and, and now to start raising a child in this community. And uh, we have a lot of family that are within half an hour. So uh, when we made this move a, a couple years ago, uh, definitely the right call for us and, and we're really been enjoying it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get into that. You know, you, you're, you're, you just wrapped up year three at Indianola High. Uh, but obviously, there's a story to be told before that. Uh, so, Coach, for for the people that don't know uh, um, a lot about you, before we get going here tonight, kind of give us a background and how did you end up with the Indianola High School program? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I got to go all the way back uh, to 2012 uh, when I was a, a senior at Buena Vista, and Jeff Beeson, AD in Glenwood at the time. Uh, kind of gave me a call out, out of the blue and said, "Hey, we have a 
a language arts job opening up. Um, would you be interested? And, you know, at that time I was 0 for 1 on, on interviews ever and, and wasn't really sure the direction I was going to be able to go. And uh, luckily I was able to head down there for an interview. And uh, on the way to the interview, Jeff calls me and said, hey, we actually have uh, two openings, one at the middle school and in the high school. So you're going to have uh, both principals of both buildings in on that interview. Um, which for, you know, a 20, 22, 23-year-old kid uh, in his second of her interview was a, was a little <laughs> nerve-wracking, uh, to say the least. Um, but no, I uh, was able to get that job and, and spent six awesome years uh, in southwest Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, learning under some great coaches for sure. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you were at Glenwood for six years. Uh, you, were, you were an assistant on a state championship boys basketball team there at Glenwood. And, and then you decided to make the move over to Indianola. And obviously you said it was, a, there was a family, there was a family move behind it. Uh, but, but also, you know, you're switching genders, uh, going from an assistant boys coach to, uh, to a head coach of a girls program. And, and I'm sure obviously, you know, and we're going to get into your cross country stuff here as well. Uh, but there, but there had to be some, uh, you know, I guess my, my question would be that, that usually you don't see that switch. That's not a very common switch. Uh, what was the attraction there in that regard? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Uh, even even now, three years later, um, we're, we're continuing to evolve, and I'm continuing to evolve as a, as a basketball coach. Um, but the, the excitement for me, for sure, uh, to go from six years of being an assistant to, to have an opportunity uh, to be a head coach, um, was one where I, I love the game of basketball, mm-hmm. um, regardless of who I'm able to to uh, coach, uh, a boy or a girl, uh, athletics. I, I saw this opportunity as one that um, I, I really couldn't pass up. Yeah. Uh, but quite honestly, with you, coach, I, I was going to be coming to South, or excuse me, Central Iowa, uh, with, whether or not there was a coaching open uh, opening right away. Uh-huh. Uh, and so when I applied here in Indianola, actually, I, I, there was going to be some coaching, um, but we didn't know for sure uh, what it was going to look like. And, um, you know, when legendary coach Hanson, uh, Bert Hanson, decided to, to re- uh, resign and, and retire, uh, this opportunity came up and uh, couldn't pass it up for sure. Absolutely. So what have been, you know, you're, you know, I, I like to get a lot of different perspectives, younger coaches, older coaches, coaches, you know, uh, so, you know, I've had a couple kind of career assistants on here and, and you're just now, I'm guessing, feeling like you're really settling into that head coaching position, uh, for, for the coaches that are listening to this, that are assistant coaches, what were some of the, uh, big things that you felt like you had to to learn and maybe were a little bit unexpected going from that assistant coach's position to a head coaching position for the game of basketball. Like, I know you've been a head coach for cross country and you've done some things there, but and so and there's some things in common with that. But there's also differences between sports between coaching cross country, coaching basketball. What what were some of the uh, the big things that that you've really learned over the last two or three years? And you finally feel like Hey, I finally, I finally feel like I'm in my groove now. Yeah, yeah uh, great question, uh, Coach, for sure. You know, I, I think that um, as you mentioned, this year three was really when I started feeling more comfortable um, in the, the sense of you know what's our direction and what are we um, 
striving for not only you know uh, trying to get to the state tournament trying to, to win a state championship but what are we trying to accomplish each day um and, and so for from being a assistant coach for six years um i, I think I, I learned a real harsh reality my first year here uh, in indianola where i was thinking i i needed to have my the only voice in the room needed to be mine mm-hmm. and i needed to have all the answers and I should have, in my mind, uh, two years ago as a first-year head coach, uh, I had to, to, to be the loudest one in the room. And, and there couldn't be anything coming my way that I didn't have an answer for. And, uh, you know, as time goes on and, and uh, you know, as I'm surrounded by some amazing assistant coaches, uh, I, I realize that that's absolutely not the case. Um, I, I needed to amplify or I need to amplify uh, my assistant coaches' voices more, um, getting them involved. Um, and, and again, I'm so fortunate for, uh, for Jamie Busby, Rob Hine, and Nathan Carlin. Um, but also, uh, I got to put uh, continue to get better at this. But also, uh, two years ago, definitely didn't um, give the girls enough say. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as that's evolved uh, now, year three where a lot of the, the freshmen I had were playing a ton of minutes three years ago to, to now that they're juniors and my lone senior this year, uh, uh, that, that was uh, uh, something that needed to take time. Uh, I wish I would have known that a little bit, you know, two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, but but as I, I've been humbled and, and as I've uh, really tried to evaluate how things have gone the last couple of years, that would probably be my best advice for, for someone uh, my age or, or younger uh, starting their career as an assistant. Uh, you, you, of course, you're learning everything. And, and of course, you, you know, you, you might have a vision and, and expect how things are going to go right from the get-go. Um, but to, to try to amplify those voices around you and to lift the girls up, uh, that, that's really what I've been uh, trying to focus on for sure this last year, year, year plus now. Was that something that you figured out for yourself or did it happen through somebody else's evaluation, maybe an athletic director, or was it uh, just some wise words from uh, a mentor or somebody that you trust? How, how did you come to those couple? Of, and I think you're dead on. I think when we make that tr- transition from head coach or from assistant coach to head coach, I think there's a lot of us that are guilty of just the, the two big things that you talked about there. Um, and I probably, I'm pretty sure I was a long time ago. Uh, but how did you come about that? How did you, how did you come to that realization? You know, uh, almost, almost to a point where how, how we've been as a program and how we've evaluated at the end of each season, uh, has kind of led me to, uh, to, to where that's at. And, and I, I loved your, your podcast recently about, you know, postseason meetings, um, and, and you were spot on and, and I definitely took some notes about that, but, uh, you know, at the end of year one, we had to replace three girls that were thousand point scores. Uh, and so my first year, uh, we were, it was a clean slate and, uh, we ran set plays and set plays and set plays. Uh, and, and that's what I thought needed to be done because that's what, you know, what brought us some success, uh, on the boys side. And, and, you know, I thought I was a genius on set plays and all this. Um, and then at the end of the year meetings, we hear some of the girls say, you know, we, we ran more sets this year than we've ever had before. Uh, let's, let's get some more freedom, things like that. And, and so as we went into year two, uh, we tried to give uh, more freedom and we really did. Um, and, and we trusted the girls to, to get the ball up and, and transition a little bit more and, and to stay wide and, uh, and, and things like that. But uh, it really wasn't until the end of the year meeting on year two where some of our girls were mentioning that, hey, we, 
our stylistically we're getting where we want to be, but we also need to care about each other more and, mm-hmm. and we need to, to have uh, camaraderie and, and better communication between girls and um, to be all on the same page. And, uh, you know, the, probably the most profound thing from my post-meeting meetings last year, uh, one of the girls, and, and this is, uh, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here. but No, no, hey, uh, it's, it's your floor, buddy. Let it rip. Uh, to, to give Coach Watson and, and our boys program here in Indiola a huge credit, uh, one of our girls mentioned, you know, how come the boys look like they're having so much more fun and and uh, all on the same page and, and things like that. And, and so that, that hit me right in the heart, and, and I needed to hear it year two uh, as a head coach. And, and so everything that we did leading up to uh, this upcoming season, we really wanted to focus on um, – how do we incorporate more of those opportunities um, for girls to communicate and for girls to to be cared about and, and to share, you know, frustrations or share really anything? And, and how do we build uh, that family atmosphere that, that I'm always talking about? So, uh, again, kind of a long winded answer there, but no, uh as as we as we headed into this year, which was of course unusual, like any other, mm-hmm. um, caring about each other and, and communicating were, were were my my two big focuses more so than anything X's and O's wise. And, and that shows a lot of maturity by you, coach, to to listen to your players and 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 respect what they're telling you and 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 realize that hey, yeah, you know what, you guys are right. And there's a lot of us and in our profession that would not have that maturity and that humility to say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to listen here and I'm going to try and enact the things that you guys are asking me to put in here to the best of my ability. And, and do, do you feel like it was, uh, do you, th- do you feel like it was successful this year? I, uh, I, I wouldn't say a hundred percent, but, but I'm going to say, uh, 90 to 95%. Uh, there's definitely, uh, things that I need to improve on. Um, that, and of course with, with anything with life and, and with coaching, uh, communication is probably the, the, the backbone of all of that. And I know I need to continue to get better with, with that communication piece. Um, but from considering that we only had one senior last year, only one senior this year, um, and didn't, uh, lose a, a, a ton of girls, didn't have a ton of girls out this year, um, but to see the the shift in how much our girls cared about each other, uh, just the the attitudes and uh, the atmosphere and practice in the end of this season, completely different uh, mm-hmm. than my last two years. And, and that's again credit to our girls. Uh, and again, I got to give credit to my assistant coaches who, um, you know, I, I I'm not uh, ashamed to say that they're they're the heartbeat of our program and and, and do so much for us day in and day out. You're. Uh... You're you're quite the running dude, as well. I, I saw that you're a cross country guy. Um, I, I I I run as well. Uh, you know, from the couch to the refrigerator and right back. You know, so uh, that's that's the that's the extent of my running. Uh, but uh, you know, what are some experiences that you brought that you brought in from your from your cross country and track world uh, to your uh, to your basketball situation? You know, cross country. Very individualistic sport. You're, 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 uh, it's just you against the course and a few people around you. Whereas basketball, it's it's five people having to play together, having to hit you know uh, every note together on both ends of the floor. Uh, so so, what are some things that you've brought from basketball to your cross country coaching and from your cross country coaching to your to your basketball coaching? You know, I. Uh... 
was fortunate growing up and and i'm i, I don't want to say i'm a runner anymore i i uh I, i've kind of taken this last year off i'll be honest with you and and, and all that coach but yeah. hey hey whatever <laughs> you did this last year i guarantee you it was a hell of a lot more than i did so I, we're good there uh, I, uh, that's that's good i guess but uh no i i, I think I, I was so fortunate enough growing up um in a family that that cared about track and, and they cared about cross country and uh had multiple sport athletes as siblings that really set the bar so high for me and um you know i i learned very early on how hard of work cross country and track uh, really is and how mentally tough you just you just have to be um and and so with that in mind when, when i uh graduated from fairmont minnesota I was so lucky and blessed to have a guy, uh, a coach named Bob Bonk. Um, he was in the cross country and track and coaches, two different Hall of Fames up in Minnesota, um, who he was somebody you wanted to run through a brick wall for, you know, mm-hmm. and to have that impact on somebody that, you know, you don't want to let him down. And, and with that in mind, you don't want to let your teammates down. And so in that same regard, uh, as, as I think about uh, workouts in cross country um, as a former track coach, and as I think about, um, yeah, it's individualistic, um, but how does that help? How, how does you getting better help the team? Mm-hmm. Um, that that has transitioned, um, and, and of course it's an evolution, but that's kind of transitioned to uh, the, the basketball coaching world where, hey, look, you, you maybe can't dribble that well or you can't uh, defend uh, at that elite level uh, on ball defense, but you know what you're really good at is shooting corner threes and getting rebounds, or, or you're really good at, at driving to the hoop and finishing or, or finding the open pass. Let's be really good at that because it helps everybody else out and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it fits your role, um, whether you're scoring a, a whole bunch of points or filling up the stat sheet or not, um, doing what you need to do for the greater good. Uh, and buying in on that it has kind of been the, the, the biggest crossover, um, you know, from the cross-country world to, to the basketball world. Yeah, just kind of that that uh, individual communication and, and establishing roles and, and finding a home and, and, and establishing. I think sometimes as coaches we spend a lot of time figuring out what our kids don't do well, and we don't spend enough time emphasizing what they do do well and, and emphasizing those bright spots and, and giving those kids confidence in those things that they are good at is an undertaught part of the game, don't you think, Coach? Uh, 100%. Uh, 100%. And, and and heading into this offseason, I know we might talk about this later, but um, one of our big philosophical changes um, is going to be in terms of, of how our girls are, are going to work on their individual side of things this, this offseason. And so they, we had them list off, hey, what's your best move? Uh, getting to the hoop what's your second best move what's your third best move uh, and then what's your best finishing move and, and so on and so forth and so we're going to really try to hammer that home uh, this off season and say hey look we know there's areas we need to work on but let's get even better at what you do um, uh, well and, and let's see how, how far that can take you so I, I completely agree with that and, and of course it's easier maybe in off season to, to think about it. And, and when you're in the heat of things in the middle of the season, it, it's so easy to fall back on, wow, you, you can't do this, can't do that. But uh, I, I think that's something I got to focus on better moving forward is continuing, like you said, to communicate those positives. Awesome. 
A pen and a napkin will be hosting its first annual high school coaches clinic on Saturday, May the 1st at Fort Calhoun High School, which is just 15 minutes north of downtown Omaha. We will have a variety of speakers on subjects that affect us as high school basketball coaches, along with breakout sessions to have small group discussions to tweak each other's minds to help our coaching community hone their craft. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or check out our Twitter handle at a pen and a napkin. So, uh, coach, you came into town kind of, uh, you know, you come into a community, you're replacing a, a legendary coach, very successful team, I believe, was it, uh, been to the state tournament for the five years before uh, your first year or something along those lines and, and had some really, really good teams. I know we ran into them a couple of times in some uh, summer camps and uh, the, yeah, they were good. Uh, so uh, you, you came in, uh, did, you know, Again, kind of that transition from not only being assistant coach to head coach, but then you're coming in new to the community. Uh, you, you, was there was there a little bit of uh, a pressure there, and and how did you uh, handle? What were some of the, the the things that you looked to do immediately as you came in as a new person into the community to uh, to establish yourself, to establish communication with your players, uh, to get everything going on the right foot as quickly as you could. You know. Uh, uh... I, I think the the number one thing, uh, as I tried to to step into this role um, and, and understand, you know, they had been to four straight uh, tournaments before I uh, before I got here. Uh, they did have three one thousand point scores that were no longer two had graduated, one had transferred. Uh, you couldn't you the, couldn't find any more eligibility for those kids. Could could not do that. Uh, right? Could, darn could it! Not do that. So I that was my first thing. No, just. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was so fortunate um, to, to step into this position um, with Jamie Busby as my assistant coach. Uh, you know, Jamie, uh, at the time when she graduated in 2009, was the school's all-time leading scorer. Um, she graduated from Simpson College here in town. Um, and, and to have somebody who has been there and done that in the community on staff um, and is able to to already, uh, you know, she had some relationships with the girls prior to, um, you know, me even moving to town. Uh, that was a huge aspect of this uh, that, that can't be understated for sure. Um, I think the next biggest thing that I wanted to do was was to meet as many girls in the community as I could in camp mm-hmm. uh, and have that basketball camp uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I I I had uh, if I remember this right something like this where. I had my last contract day in Southwest Iowa on a Monday, and I believe I had camp here in town Tuesday through Friday. Yeah. Uh, you know, living in living in a house with no no furniture, sleeping on the air mattress in the basement, <laughs> uh, and, and trying to run a, a basketball camp. That was a, a very uh, yeah, interesting uh, first week here in town, to say the least. Um, but building those relationships with with the, with the younger girls, the youth uh, in our community, and then. Um, having as many opportunities for open gyms that first summer um, was kind of my big focus is because I, I needed to get to know the girls because it was, we had so many underclassmen. Uh, we had just three seniors my first year, a handful, uh, just a couple juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then almost a, a team entirely made up of, of freshmen. So mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was a lot of newness for sure that that first summer and that first fall. Um, you guys are, in an interesting situation, uh, your, your school 
uh, in Iowa, there's five classes, 1A through 5A, 5A being the biggest. You are right on that line between the 5As and the 4As, and depending on how many kids you have in that year, you could be 5A and or you could be 4A. This year, you guys were 5A. Um, does that make, uh, you know, from year to year, not kind of not knowing where you're going to be at, uh, how does that affect kind of how you prepare for a year in the sense of scheduling or looking ahead to the postseason? Obviously, you've got your conference games. Have you thought about uh, scheduling up uh, and, and finding some of those 5As to get consistently on your schedule to prepare you for the years that you're in that 5A and, and kind of really get you tournament tested for when, you, when you're in the 4A seasons? You know, how, how have you guys handled that as a, as a program and as a school overall? Because I'm sure you're not the only uh, you know, program within the school. Pretty much everybody's probably in the same situation for most of their athletics when it comes to that enrollment status. So how do you guys handle that in a school your size? You know, I, I look at our volleyball and our softball programs, uh, who both have had so much success in the past as well. Um, and, and you see they're consistently throughout their seasons, uh, you know, of course, playing the conference games, but whether it's tournaments on the weekends uh, or other non-conference games, uh, playing against 5A competition, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and, and, you know, maybe my, my first year, uh, we, we played uh, maybe a couple less, Five eight teams than maybe in the years past, um, but we made a concerted effort this year, and, and I got to give Coach uh, Mr. Nelson, our AD, a, a credit, Lee Nelson, um, to try to find you know with, with teams dropping out or or with unfortunately some of the the five A schools in Iowa not playing a, a complete schedule this year because of COVID, uh, we we tried to find the best teams possible uh, to play. So, for instance, we started our year uh, we're supposed to be Urbandale. Then it was going to be Ankeny Centennial. Then all of a sudden, we're playing number one uh, in three A, Des Moines Christian. Yeah, uh, no, and, and that was different. And, and you know, uh, unfortunately, couldn't play Des Moines North. Uh, so then Council Bluffs Abraham Lincoln came all the way over here uh, for a game in December. Uh-huh. Um, we were lucky and, and fortunate enough to, to head to, to back to Glenwood and, and play the number one team in four A uh, in non conference as well. And all of that. Uh, without a doubt, led to us um, being challenged more um, from a, you know, and, and not not saying anything against our, our awesome conference, of course, but just yeah. to play against teams that, you know, we don't typically play against and play uh, different styles maybe than what we are used to playing against. Um, I, I think that really better prepared us for sure uh, for the end of our season. Gotcha. Um, Former college athlete, as you said, a graduate of Buena Vista University. It's Buena Vista University now, isn't it? It, it is, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went on a campus visit there a long, long time ago. Uh, almost went to school there. Uh, okay. But, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you played ball there. Uh, for, so, former college athlete. Uh, what experiences as an athlete and, and things that you really liked as an athlete um, have you brought to your uh, coaching philosophy and also along with that experiences that maybe you had as an athlete that you're like, man, that drove me nuts when Coach Blank did this, and I'm never going to do that when I'm coaching? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, Brian Van Hansen at, at Buena Vista, and then now he's at Dort. Um, Coach just, you, you knew Coach was a little quirky. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was always going to be honest with you. 
uh, and you know he always cared about you. And, and to a certain degree, I, I try to embody that a little bit um, because you know I, I, I again falling in the into the trap of uh, of being the head coach and, and having to know it all. And, and you know, of course, uh, you know you're as the head coach, you are the head of, uh, head of your program and, and have the final say. But mm-hmm. uh, you know that those relationships, I think, was the biggest thing, and, and how much respect I had for coach and and, and our assistants uh, at Buena Vista. Um, you know, it, it gets to the really minute things of, of some of the drills we did in college that I, you know, I still try to incorporate now, of course. Uh, but I think it's just those relationships and, uh, you know, so many great memories and, and, and teammates and, and, and things like that. But uh, just the overall, uh, you know, character, the overall culture uh, of a program that cares about one another, that, that's been kind of the biggest thing uh, as my time's gone on here as a head coach that, uh, you know, got to got to go back to the roots and, and, and stick to stick to those uh, those true characteristics. Gotcha. Um, awesome, Jeff. You know, and, and that's you, you've had a great journey. Uh, sounds like you, you're getting things going in the you know, truly feeling like it's kind of your program now and moving it in your direction. We're going to get into uh, we're going to get into that here on the on the second half. Uh, before we do that, though, uh Coaches want to have an opportunity to have a hands-on mentor to help you hone your craft as a basketball coach? Look no further than teachhoops.com, a place where coaches go to get better. Coach Steve Collins shares his three decades of coaching knowledge with his subscribers through resources like podcasts, one-on-one mentoring sessions, and much more with teachhoops.com. Go to teachhoops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N, that's a pen and a napkin, where subscriptions start at $34.99 a month. When you sign up, you get a 14-day free trial. So combine teachhoops.com with a pen and a napkin to help make you the best coach that you can be. Coach, at this time, we jump into the Don Meyer quote of the day, the GOAT, Don Meyer. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, just, it, it's, and I've said this multiple times when I get into these interviews, I, I, I pick out a quote and, and, and it just, it just more often than not, it, it nails the discussion and the type of person that I'm talking to here, uh, on a, on a, on a, on a podcast. And, and so, and I think this one nails it here with the way you've talked about your players and the relationship you want to have with them. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to comment on this quote, feel free to do so. The Don Meyer quote of the day is, it doesn't cost nothing to be nice to people. Ain't that the truth? Uh, uh, absolutely. You know, and, and, and how, how easy it is to, to, Unfortunately, again, fall into the trap of, man, I have to worry about wins or I have to worry about losses or we have to worry about, you know, getting stops or, you know, scoring every possession or things like that. But uh, how are we treating our players and, and officials and, and how are we, uh, you know, again, giving credit to the hardworking people working on the bench or the, our awesome, uh, you know, managers, things like that. And, and of course, assistant coaches. So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I try to live by that and, and almost to a, to a fault sometimes uh, uh, in certain areas. But uh, no, what, a, what an awesome co- uh, quote by, of course, an awesome coach. I, I, uh, I always tell my student teachers, uh, I give them a, a list of like, you know, they, they, obviously you've been through your education program and that's nothing against education programs at every college and university in the country. Uh, but all uh, you know, a, a vast majority of the the theory gets chucked out the door once you step into your practicums and your and that type of stuff. And and I have a list 
that I give my student teachers of like, you know, here's here's my 15 things that you really need to know to be a, to be a teacher. And, and one of the things that's often overlooked by a, a lot of people, including our kids a lot of the times, and, and you brought it up, your secretaries, your janitorial folks, the people that clean up the gyms after the games and things like that. And, and uh, one of the things I tell them, one of the first things I tell them, hey, become friends with the janitors and the secretaries because there's going to come a time where you're really going to need something from them and you want to have a genuine relationship with those people when you need to ask for something in a hurry in an emergency situation and and i think so many times that's that's overlooked uh by a lot of people that uh you know they kind of i don't know uh perceive that they're above uh certain relationships and and not being nice to the ticket takers or the concession stand workers or or that type of stuff and and uh it's just so important to establish those relationships everywhere throughout your school because you are the face of your program and and you know a quote my to go right along with that coach like a a quote my dad told me very early on in life and and especially early on uh when i started becoming a teacher was you know the the most important that who who runs the schools and and the most important people in the schools are are the custodians they are the the secretaries it is the lunch ladies um you know it it is those people working in the office uh making the day-to-day operations really run um and those are the people that take care of like you said and and uh and again, it costs nothing, absolutely nothing to, to say hi to them or good morning or, um, you know, again, show them your appreciation in, in some form or another. I saw, uh, and I'm pretty sure I, I retweeted it on our a pen and a napkin, uh, but there was a couple of young men, their season was over, their careers were over, and, and one of the uh, custodial staff was over there patting them on the back and just, you know, trying to, you know, just let them know that she cared about them and stuff. And, and and I thought that was just so cool uh, that that she had that relationship with those kids and those kids had the relationship with her and and that's just uh, something that everybody needs to remind themselves every day that it, you know be nice to one another. Hopefully that's one of the things we've learned in the last year with COVID. You know let's you know let's take care of one another. Let's uh, you know life is short. There's 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 so many things that can change so quickly and and so uh, let's let all that other garbage you know, go away and let's just, let's just take care of one another in a positive manner. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, Hey coach, let's jump into to your stuff and what you guys do there at Indianola high. Um, you, you sent me four or five things that you wanted to talk about here. Um, and at the top of your list was your transition offense philosophy and getting up and down the floor. Um, you know, this is kind of the part where, where I just kind of turn it over to, to my guests and I kind of let them cook here a little bit. And if I, if I think of something or if I, if I have a question that I want to add along the way here, um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, but uh, let, let's talk about your transition offense and getting up and down the floor and, and, and getting away from those set plays that you ran your first year and get back into flying up and down the floor uh, the way that you wanted to uh, here this last season and, and scoring a bunch of points. What do you guys do there to get that done? You know, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm a broken record, but those those set plays uh, that I thought, you know, at, you know, trying to trying to model what we did from the boys' side, uh, trying to model, you know, to a certain degree, Mitch Osborne, who I have so much uh, respect. Oh, great for. coach. Uh, and I have a lot of a lot of ties, and and some of my best friends uh, from Harlan, and and my wife's from Harlan, all that good stuff. And, and and coach always has great sets, and and so when I started here, I thought, man, sets, sets, sets. That's what I had to do, and uh, you know, especially before I knew what kind of talent uh, I had, um, and, and you know, and that kind of evolved last year into. 
you know, all the girls, they'll stay wide. They'll run to the corners. They'll, they'll do what they, they need to do. And if there's two girls heavy on one side, well, first one will cut through uh, and cut baseline and, and we'll balance out. Um, you know, and to a certain extent, we had some okay success uh, year two last year with, with trusting our girls to get the rebound, to push, um, you know, and to, and to get out wide. But uh, I, I have to give credit uh, to my, my assistant coaches as, as this season went on. Um, you know, as we gave them more freedom uh, from a certain standpoint of uh, really at all times uh, on our team, we have four girls that can bring the ball up uh, that we feel confident in, in on the court uh, at one time. Um, but towards the end of the year this year, uh, we evolved even more to to um, a, a point where without giving too much away, uh, we gave our girls a spot where if they didn't get the rebound, that is their spot to get to. Um, mm-hmm. It allowed us to um, stay even wider. It allowed our point guard, Emily Notton, even more driving angles, uh, which she, we were fortunate enough. And she, she did a tremendous job in our last game of the season uh, versus number two, Johnston, at, at getting to the hoop in transition. Um, and, and it allowed our shooters to, to get to where they can be successful. Um, and, you know, again, as the season went on and as we evaluate some of this from a statistical standpoint, uh, we wanted to put girls in a situations where where are they shooting the ball the best from, mm-hmm. um, and where, where do we need to get them to get to? Um, and, and so the last uh, month, the last couple of weeks of our season, we were over and over and over again um, practicing, uh, getting the ball into Emily's hands, into our point guard's hands, um, and have her knifing up the court with four shooters on the perimeter and our post player trailing, mm-hmm. um, or. Uh, following, of course, uh, into dri- any dribble handoff or any uh, pass up the court. Um, you know, one thing I, I know that, uh, again, as we evolved with this season, within the season, uh, during the postseason, um, every half-court rebounding drill, every shell defensive drill, uh, we were ending with some sort of transitional break uh, and getting the ball past half-court, if not all the way to the hoop. Um, to further emphasize that, hey, we, we don't want to run sets and we don't want to run things in the half court unless the uh, opportunity presents itself, of course. Um, but that mindship change, um, it, was, it, it wasn't easy. Uh, and we got to do some convincing and we had to, to communicate even more. Um, but we, we looked real good, uh, mm-hmm. for sure, uh, at, at times at in the end of our season. And that's just going to springboard us into next year. And we're, we're going to really even focus on that even more. Um, and, and we're excited about that for sure. How, what are, what are, uh, do, do you have the same, let's say, you know, uh, you're, you're playing, uh, I don't know, Des Moines Hoover, you know, and, and Hoover scores. And do you have the same kid take it out every time? And are you running running that numbered break? Uh, what are you guys doing off of off of makes there? Yeah, so that that was a, a great conversation and, and one that, uh, that probably got the the weirdest looks from some of the girls that were like, <laughs> "Are you sure? Is this really what we want to do?" Um, but typically, uh, with our posts uh, and the defenses that are that we typically run, our, our post is, is not leaving the lane or she's really close to the hoop anyway. Uh-huh. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, we're going to have our post get the ball out of the net, preferably, and get that thing into Emily's hands, our point guard's hands, uh, as soon as possible. Uh, and that way, again, if 
Uh, Emily's not able to knife up the courts uh, and get to the hoop if she's not able to kick it ahead to one of our shooters in the corners for three. We'll be able to have uh, our post then trailing, uh, which then gets us into our our what we call 51 offense, uh, uh, which we can do a few different things off of. So, um, again, getting the ball out of bound, or out of the net and, and back in bounds as, as fast as possible uh, is a point of emphasis for us and, and quite honestly needs to be even greater emphasis uh, next year. What are, what, are some things, uh, uh, what are some things that you do to rep that uh, in the sense of uh, do you break down that outlet pass like a one to two or uh, I'm sorry, a, a five per se, the, the, the post player taking it out the five out to the one and you're popping that up to the two and, and you're just doing you're doing things like that are you are you breaking it down like that or are you more of hey we're just going to go with the whole and uh you know just keep emphasizing that as as a, as a whole rather than breaking it down in a bunch into, into a bunch of smaller drills if you do do some smaller drills what are some things that you wouldn't mind sharing with us you know one one thing that we did uh my first year, and, and this is something I got from from Coach Schulte, uh, Kurt Schulte in, in Glenwood, was you know the the one to uh, the outlet pass, one to two down, one to three back, you know one to two to three, one to three to two, um, and, and kind of a continuation model of that. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for our girls, even two years ago, we it, it never felt realistic when we were going five on zero, and mm-hmm. you know, and it never it never seemed to click. And, and so, uh, as we again, we continue to evolve and continue to learn and, and be better. Um, we 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 do uh, something similar in, in the sense that, hey, Emily, if we want to get the ball out of your hands, if someone's open up the court, or or hey, Mara, Mara's the point guard, we want you to knife um, to the middle of the court and, and kick that thing up ahead, um, if at all possible. But and then if it's not there, then we. Uh, Pull the dribble back, then we get right into our ball screen, and then we can go right into uh, again our fifty-one offense. So we we try to rep it. Uh, it I, I call it. I don't have the best names for drills. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> I'll be the first one. Uh, so we simply call this the circle up drill. And so we, we might start five on zero, uh, and the girls literally circle around a coach. Coach either makes it or misses a shot, and our post players got to get the ball either on the rebound or, or get it out of the net. Outlet it to our point guard, and then our girls uh, on that outlet pass should already be uh, getting in position on, on the other side of the court uh, of where they need to go and, and where they're quote unquote kind of assigned um, to get to, um, and, and they got to get there in a hurry. And, and that's uh, again uh, f- fortunate enough to be coaching the athletes that I do. That we got some girls that can get up and down the court, and and, uh, and we send them. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh- has it has it relieved some of the the, the stress of the the preparation from uh, from games? Just you know, kind of giving more ownership to the players and and not feeling like, hey, I got to call you know fifty two split, and now we're going to call Houston, and then we're going to call Chicago, and, and and that type of thing. Has it has it simplified uh, things for you as a coach on game night by going with more of this transition philosophy? One hundred percent. 100%. And as I think back to, you know, how big my play sheet was two years ago and, and going, you know, calling play after play after play uh, to, to give, again, the girls freedom um, uh, to get up and down the court uh, and, and to shoot the shots that we want. We're, we're definitely not just a layup and, and three-pointer uh, team, but 
uh, it's getting closer and closer to that. I'll be honest, and and uh, mm-hmm. continuing to work on 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 those uh, on our moves, on our finishing moves, and and uh, and, and dribbling moves uh, to get to our spots that we want. That, that's definitely a focus of ours. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so you're doing all of this uh, while you're setting up your practice and and. And going from such a radical uh, philosophical change uh, from from the the sets into the transition, obviously you had to change the setup of your practice. Uh, kind of go into how you set up your practices. Maybe kind of go into uh, and I find this really fascinating, Jeff, because you don't see this very often. A lot of the a lot of the folks I talk to on here, you know, this is kind of the way we've done it. Or you know, I've kind of really established this. And, and you're as you're as you've evolved as a head coach and you're going through this evolution, I love uh, hearing about your experiences and how you're going through this. I think this is going to be so good for so many of our listeners. Uh, you know, how did you, how did you change your practice setup? What did it look like a couple of years ago compared to what you guys are doing now? And what maybe you, I'm sure you've peaked ahead to next year as we all pretty much have at this point. Um, but uh, just, just uh, what changes did you make and how you, you set up your practice, how you executed your practice, what, what plans you had on a daily basis uh, to, to implement uh, this new newer uh, philosophy? You, you know, uh, we decided heading into this year and, and, and probably, um, you know, at the very end of last year that I wanted to be a little bit more um, focused on, on what what were some of our weaknesses um, and what do we want to do better this year? So really when I was setting up uh, our practice plan template, as I call it, uh, I wanted to focus on defense at the beginning of practice mm-hmm. uh, and, and positive, negative, uh, you know, looking at what we are trying to establish now on the defensive side. Uh, again, it still is an evolution. So I, I, I wasn't probably ideal uh, how we started with it, but, but we broke it down as the year went on, we're going to start practice every single day with, with some uh, sort of, of finishing drill. Um, and as our girls uh, were struggling with finishing through contact, um, as they were struggling uh, with making layups, uh, we start more practices than not, uh, literally with, with finishing drills. And our coaches have uh, blocking pads, and, and they're hitting the girls, um, forcing them to, to score through contact. Um, from the get-go and I think that uh, that a lot of times that really set the tone for our practices that look we're, we're gonna be physical uh, we're gonna look to score um, but you got to be able to bring it uh, and, and that really set the tone then uh, as we did some station work as we did um, some individual defensive drills typically after that mm-hmm. uh, before getting into the full court drills uh, and, and half court drills of course with shell um, and transition defense and, and rebound and rotate and, and things like that some of our staples uh, on the defensive side um, one of the, the quotes that I saw uh, during quarantine I believe last April and, or May is uh, of course everybody wants to work on offense uh, and, and that's the easy thing and you want to if you start with offense and, and finish the practice with defense how much are they are they giving as, as much effort defensively at the end of practice as they were offensively at the at the beginning um, and, and as I think of about my own playing career or, or uh, my own coaching career, even as an assistant, uh, I'd probably say that, you know, people send a, athletes send a check out like, all right, we worked on offense. <laughs> I made my, I made my shots. I know the plays. 
defense. It is what it is. And, and so I, I tried to change that uh, philosophy for me this year. Um, and, and again, it probably needs to be tweaked uh, and it will be tweaked a, a little bit more, uh, you know, as my staff and I get together uh, this next week, honestly. Um, but once we got to offense uh, and once we got to the last uh, half of practice, uh, we were trying to do things uh, at game speed as much as possible. You know, of course, you got to get shots up. Um, and that was one thing that uh, we, we tried to do even more this year is to get even more shots up for our girls in practice. So that way they're feeling e- even more confident. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, setting the tone that, hey, we're not going to practice just set plays for 10 minutes or 15 minutes which when we had so many we, we want to make sure uh you know that we're getting up and down that we're executing um and, and again scoring in transition so uh while we worked on defense to start and, and offense to finish um you know of course we're we're always looking at what are some of the individual skills that are going to make us successful on both sides of the uh, of the court so mm-hmm. um again I'm, I'm kind of all over the place coach a little no, bit no 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 this is then, really good that that's kind of how our practices were were uh, you know laid out this year. Defense at the beginning uh, with station work, with individual skill work, half court, full court, team defensive work, conditioning mixed in, of course, offensive skill work, offensive shots, and then and then uh, then full court offensive work and, and scrimmaging and, and things like that. One one of the things that that I did this differently this year. And, and I think the first two-thirds of the year, we did a great job with this, and then we kind of fell away from it the last third of the season or so. Uh, but we also got to the point where we were playing more games than we were practicing as well. So that was part of the issue as well. Uh, but uh, And I actually kind of picked this up from, from uh, Coach McDermott down at Creighton. Uh, we, uh, we set up our last 20 minutes of practice – every day was uh, shooting and offensive skill development. And uh, we set up, I I had myself and two assistant coaches. And so we would have three stations every day. One of us would run the the doctor dish, the shooting thing, and we'd have something set up. Uh, The other, uh, another coach would have uh, free throws or some sort of uh, finishing drill, uh, you know, going into the pad, like you were talking about there. Um, and then the uh, the third one that was me a lot of time. It was a lot of ball handling and coming off things, going through cones, uh, different different types of of, of stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And and we had three six minute stations at the end of practice every day that really uh, we we raised our our shooting percentage significantly um, as the season went along, as the kids uh, got up more and more shots. And that was something that I know. Um, I wanted to stay committed to, and and that's kind of how we divided ours up, and and it was a great way to end practice. The kids enjoyed finishing practice that way, uh, and we we made sure that skill work was there at the beginning, but also at the end of it, and and they left with a pretty good taste in their mouth as well. What a what a great idea uh, for sure. I, I'm taking notes right now, coach, and and that that uh, that that's awesome because like you said. Uh, at, at times, or I'm thinking about the times where you know you end a, end a practice with maybe a scrimmage or or you know situations, and well, what if the scrimmage or situation doesn't go the way you want it to? Uh-huh. Uh, JV team beats the varsity team, or or so and so hits the ball out of bounds, and you know the situations 
you know, not not what you wanted it to be, but uh, to end practice with a with, like that, I, I love that idea. And what a it, that that kind of makes goes back with with Coach McDermott. My my second year of of coaching uh, the Glenwood staff, we we went to a Creighton practice, and and how you said, you know, Coach Myers quote about it costs nothing uh, to to do something nice and to be nice. But Coach McDermott, I've only been to one of his practice, but he came over and treated us like we were you know, veterans and, and, and highly, you know, qualified staff and was so nice to us handing us his practice plans and, and things like that. And that, what, what a good, uh, what a great experience for a young coach that I had, uh, you know, eight years ago. It's, that's a great practice. Yeah. Uh, Max, Max, one of the best. And I know it's been a, it's been a couple of rough weeks around this area, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, his unfortunate comments that, uh, he, he wholeheartedly, regrets and has and has uh taken the proper steps and and communicated with his team and that type of that type of stuff but uh you know i'm 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 pretty fortunate to to know coach mack a little bit and and just a a a great guy and i know uh there's nobody that feels worse about uh what's happened here over the last couple of weeks than than coach mack i mean just i i can i can definitely tell that from uh what i know of the man and and uh you know it's it's good that everything is is hopefully uh, there's going to be healing that'll go into it, but uh, that healing uh, will will take place because he'll insist on taking place of it. Uh, t- uh, he'll insist on it taking place that healing that uh, that they're looking at. So, um, as we get into your practice stuff, uh, you know, you also have uh, you you've mentioned your assistants uh, with uh, with a lot of uh, uh, fondness and, and respect. What are some things that you're having your assistants do within your practice? So that's something we haven't talked about for a while here on the pod. So I'm interested, you know, what are some of the responsibilities you give to your assistants either before practice, during practice, after practice to take some of the responsibilities off your shoulders? Yeah. You know, uh, when I head into this year, as I, I talked about briefly before this, uh, before we started the podcast, you know, my wife and I welcomed our, our first, uh, child, this uh this fall uh and so i knew that things were going to be a little bit differently this this year more than you know more than most uh seasons uh and and so heading into this year i wanted to make sure that i was on top of uh, my practice plans i wanted to make sure that uh, we had a real firm uh expectations on on scouting reports and and uh, again i wanted to get their voice more uh into the into this season than than maybe in years past and Mm -hmm. uh you know uh, coach jamie busby uh, welcomed her second child into into the world uh, our first week of practice. So uh, <laughs> it, luckily, uh, and that was planned, and we, we knew that was coming. Uh, and then one of our coaches, uh, unfortunately, uh, had to quarantine uh, the night before uh, the first day of practice. So I'm, mm. I'm sure those coaches out there that kind of script out or, or know what the first week looks like. Uh, and, and fortunately, uh, <laughs> fortunately, uh, the, the first week, uh, you know, it started without a hitch, even even with some of those uh, those things thrown our way. But uh, yeah, I, I have so much respect for our for our coaches, um, and, and so this year, uh, more than years past, I, I tried to to give uh, one more area of focus uh, or, or more concentrated focus on um, yeah, to, to each of our coaches. So uh, you know, Coach Busby is always going to be kind of our our quality control coach. 
looking at over the program as a whole. Uh, she's really uh, stepping up and, and doing some awesome things with our youth program and the direction of, of what we're going to try to do for our, our third through or really second through uh, eighth grade programs. Um, as well as, uh, you know, again, the quality control. Um, Coach Hine is, is really focused on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he's got such a, a unique mindset to the game um, that, that I, I learned so much from him and, and, and more so than, than I, I know that I teach him. And uh, Coach Carlin uh, reminds me so much of myself about seven years ago, coming right out of, high, uh, right out of college uh, with a ton of ideas, um, and, and I try to get as many ideas from him and, and tell him not to hold back, uh, no matter how late he, he doesn't know that as a 24 year old, he, he's got a way different bedtime than I do. I think, uh, <laughs> especially with the kid at home now, uh, but, but to, 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 you know, long story short, to, to have a better focus of, all right, uh, coach Carlin, you're kind of in charge, the offensive coordinator. Coach Hine, you're, you're kind of the defensive coordinator. Um, Coach Busby, quality control, making sure we're all on the same page. Um, but at the same time, too, everybody's allowed to speak their mind. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, again, I never want to, to have assistants that, that feel like their voice can't be heard or their opinion doesn't matter or their idea is not valued. And, and so that's what I want to make. I, I constantly, probably to a fault, um, want to get their get their get uh, get them involved. Um, but Honestly, uh, from sharing the Google Doc practice plans with them every single day or the night before, um, getting the scouting report into their hands, um, you know, days in advance, as well as, uh, of course, them breaking down huddle uh, and sharing their thoughts. Um, and then, you know, th- this year was our best year, without a doubt, for making the in-game adjustments. And, and that credit uh, goes to my assistants because um, the the – as, as you know, coach, and, and as all the head coaches know out there, um, and it's been a learning process for me that there's so much going on and so many decisions to be made that it doesn't always, it's not always clear uh, the mm-hmm. direction or it's not always clear uh, the decision making. Um, but to have great coaches to, to help with that um, and, and to voice their, their thoughts uh, has been pretty, pretty unbelievable for me. And, and it makes me even more excited for, for next year. So, so to kind of to tie our, our, our two topics together, you know, you kind of you said you kind of had a defensive coordinator, quote unquote, an offensive coordinator. Are there times in practice where you say, "Hey, uh, I apologize for not remembering your coaches' names, but coach, you got uh, your your defensive coach. Hey, you got fifteen minutes tomorrow." Uh, figure out what you want to do in those 15 minutes to make us better defensively, and, and that's yours. And, and whatever you fill in there, you've got from 3.45 to 4 o'clock. Um, do, do, you, do you do those type of things? Do you give them that much freedom, or, you, or do you still have a little bit more of the hands-on approach? Yeah, no, I, uh, the, the freedom isn't necessarily um, in the sense of you're in charge of those 10 minutes. It's going to be, um, hey, based on uh, our, our kind of master practice plans or based on uh, all of our list of, of defensive drills, um, what, what do we need to work on? And, 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 and you're, you're going to lead the way or your mm-hmm. voice uh, needs to be heard more than, than mine. Um, it, it's kind of been our approach with that. Uh, and, and so t- typically, uh, you know, 
typically what, what, what we have open, uh, is kind of an open Google doc with, with defensive drills, with offensive drills. Um, and then of course the, the, the daily practice plans that I send out to them, um, the unfortunate thing, or actually kind of fortunate, uh, two of us coaches are at the middle school. The other two coaches are at the high school. So, uh, luckily that, that communication and, 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 um, you know, back and forth is kind of easy, uh, in that regard on the Google doc or in the emails. Um, but to, to make sure that, yep, this is the drill we're doing. Um, and, and maybe I'll say, Hey coach, really focus on this or, or, or coach I might ask, Hey, are, are, what, what's our focus of, uh, you know, again, are we hammering this idea with, uh, mm-hmm. with the ball screens or are we handling our footwork here on, on forcing, uh, forcing baseline or, or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. What do you do with your, your managers in practice? What are some of the responsibilities? Uh, we haven't touched on this one hardly at all. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and this year, I never had so many managers. I was like, oh, God, we can, we can do a I, – I, I went for whole practices at a time where I barely touched a ball or made a pass to a player because we had so many managers that could help out with it, which was, which was a great luxury. Uh, it, it was awesome. Uh, so, so what are some things that you guys do with your managers and, and to keep them involved with the program and reward them down the line, so forth and so on? You know, two two years ago, uh, when I first started, we couldn't get a manager. Like I, I, I swear, I think I had three or four different people show up to run the clock for a couple of days, and then I don't think I ever, ever even saw them, or I, I don't even remember their names. I, I taped it. <laughs> uh, but no, our our managers this year, uh, somewhat very similar. We I, I had an, uh, had enough for another starting five uh, for for the lineup of managers that we have, but. Uh, one thing that we tried to do this year more um, was was stat out practice, um, mm-hmm. and not just not just stats, um, but kind of uh, one step further with you know how do you or did you help your team win more or less? We called them team wins, and so when we were doing whether it was scrimmaging, uh, whether it's our, our rebounding drills. Uh, I, uh, uh, have to give credit to coach Carlin, who, who was kind of the mastermind of our, our managers, um, had them stat really everything at practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, of course there's, there's different philosophies there and, and there's definitely some changes we'll probably be making, um, uh, to, to take another step in that right direction. But, uh, to have those managers have another set of eyes, you know, and, and the numbers don't lie. Uh, hey, so and so had a good practice. What was her MVP points? Is what we call it. Um, and, and to focus on that, and 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 then using those managers' stats to help us uh, with um, uh, to help us with decisions, or or especially those convers those tougher conversations. Like, look, um, you know, you know, unfortunately, we've had a couple bad practices in a row. Has is, is something the matter, or something up? Uh, that is. Uh, it, has been a great evolution for us. What are, what are some of those MVP points? What are some things that you're evaluating? Are you are you talking about like uh, fouls drawn, winning fifty fifty balls, charges taken, uh, stuff like that? What do, what do you guys? What do you guys? What did you chart out this past yeah. season? Yeah, this this year was pretty cut and dry. I'll be honest. Uh, uh, as, as we try to continue to train our managers uh, of charges taken, of deflections, uh, you know, uh, of, of certain situations or certain uh, of those key areas of our of our game, um, we really just focused on this year uh, makes, misses, uh, rebounds, assists, steals, and then of course uh, deflections and, and, and turnovers. So. Uh, 
pretty pretty cut and dry uh, mm-hmm. and, and for now. Uh, but hopefully, again, as time goes on, we'll, we'll continue to evolve there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, you got time for one more, Coacher? Yeah, I do. Awesome. I do. Let's talk about a little player development um, and and what you what you guys are doing. You know, you said uh, you got done with Glenwood on a Monday, and you were you were shacking up already in Indianola on a Tuesday. So obviously, you wanted to get in with those kids and get in the gym and and, and sweat with the players there. Uh, what are some things that you guys do to try to develop players to play within your system, to play fast, to play with skill, uh, to, to shoot it well? Um, you know, what are what are some things that you have set up here? Let's say going into this off season, what are you guys, uh, what are you setting up for your players as you're getting ready to roll here? You know, hopefully COVID willing, June and July, or kind of some more normal stuff than we saw last June and July. Normal is what I'm, I'm really hoping for. Uh, <laughs> Amen to that. Without a doubt, as we all are. Uh, yeah, I, I touched on this a little bit uh, a little while ago, but uh, we're going to call them our, our score. Uh, Indianola girls basketball scoring packages. What what are you? What are your three driving moves? What are your three finishing moves? Uh, and let's practice them. Let's get better at them. Uh, and let's compete against one another one on one scoring. Uh, in, in situations uh, like that. And so that's what a big focus of our, our high school girls this off season will be uh, not only uh, what we typically do, which is try to get as many contested threes up uh, as we can in our open gyms, uh, as well as uh, the evolution of, of continuing to get some more uh, pickup games uh, in. Uh, but what are your three moves that you can feel confident in um, to, to drive? What are your three finishing moves um, that's going to be a huge uh, point of emphasis for us. And then we're going to stat those out this year uh, in, a, in a new way than what we've really ever done before. Um, so girls are able to, to keep track of the, their makes all season, uh, all off season. They're going to be able to, um, uh, again, to us, to a certain degree, um, we're going to challenge some of our, our top kiddos to, to play one-on-one games uh, and to stat that out as well and, and to get better at one-on-one offense, but especially one-on-one defense. Um, and, and then again, we're, we're, we, we made the third most threes in, in five, or excuse me, we had the third best three point percentage in five A this year. We had the, we made the most three pointers in five A. Um, and we want to continue that next year, uh, when we drop down a class. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of threes up for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to plug for your program, social media, anything like that? You know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, so fortunate, of course, to be here uh, in Indianola. Uh, my, my Twitter handle, of course, is Coach underscore Jansen. Uh, we we have some outstanding players. We got some outstanding coaches here in Indianola, um, and and we, we got some things that uh, that that were that, that, that we have uh, that we're really excited about for the future. And um, you know, we're talking about a state championship next year, and and everything that we're going to be working on. Uh, in addition to caring for one another and, and communicating better, uh, it, everything is going to be, be talked about when it comes to that state championship next year, and, and that's what we're going to be striving for. Awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. Jeff Jansen, the uh, head girls basketball coach at Indianola High School in Indianola, Iowa. Uh, the, the home of, of Chris Street, Iowa Hawkeye legend Chris Street. I, I'm, I'm sure you've run across that name a few times uh, in town there as well. So. Uh, Coach, I, I hope you've enjoyed uh, being on the podcast this evening. Uh, this was a, an unbelievable experience, Coach, and and, uh, and yes, Chris Street, uh, uh, memorable, memorable player, uh, unbelievable family, and and uh, his impact on on this community is still being felt for sure, and, and rightfully so. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was in high school when Chris Street uh, passed away, and and man, that was just a for for an Iowa kid, and whether it's an Iowa kid or an Iowa State player, uh, you know, when when those things happen, the, it reverberates throughout the entire state, and so uh, definitely a a great family and and uh, a great community that you're that you're in there. So uh, congratulations on moving things forward. Congratulations on being a father. Like I said. Uh, don't blink it goes fast uh you know we were we were joking before we came on coach's daughter what you said about seven months old seven months old yesterday yep 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 and and, and my uh my daughter is is turning 17 and and she was uh she was very excited that excited that harry styles won a grammy earlier tonight she was yelling and hooping and hollering and and it just seems like yesterday that i was putting her to bed when she was seven months old so uh, enjoy it as long as you can, Coach. It's a great experience being a father. So, um, you know, I, I, pre- I appreciate that. That's uh, of all the notes I've taken tonight, Coach. That, that's the most important one, right? So, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, my my wife and I heard a saying, um, and it's very true. Uh, the the days are long, but the years are short. And uh, yes. man, now looking back on it with a twenty one year old, an eighteen year old, a sixteen year old, there there's a heck of a lot of truth to that statement. So, um. Enjoy it, buddy. Enjoy it. So, um, hey, well, hold the line here real quick. I got to wrap up a couple of things, but uh, thanks so much for your time tonight, Coach. And and uh, like I said, hope you enjoyed being on here. You did a, you did a terrific job, even even though you were. There's a reason why I asked you on here, and you proved it. Doggone it. I, I greatly appreciate that, and, and humbled, and, and again honored, and and uh, yeah, feel so fortunate to to talk about you know my experiences and and uh, about my my awesome time here in, in Indianola. Awesome. Well, Jeff Jansen, the girls basketball coach at Indianola High. Uh, of course, we want to thank Cossack Chiropractic for sponsoring our podcast. Also, subscribe to teachhoops.com. Go to teachhoops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N. You get the 14-day free trial, so give it a go there. Don't forget about our coaches clinic that we're having at Fort Calhoun High School, Fort Calhoun, Nebraska, just about 15 minutes north of Omaha, uh, downtown Omaha, uh, Saturday, May the 1st. Uh, so coaches, if you're looking for information uh, for that, we're going to finalize, hopefully by the end of this week, we're going to finalize our speakers and our topics and get that all sorted out, ready to go. But it's going to be a great lineup. I've got four of my six speakers ready to go, waiting on the last two here. So uh, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin, uh, daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter site. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. Coaches, As always, let's stay safe, let's pray for peace, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.